know, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, can Ryan name the band that did the original version of uh, of that song? No. Yeah, it's not a surprise. Not even, not that's even not close. Not a surprise. That's uh, that's okay. Oh, are though, we bro. doing a quiz? For We're him? gonna do a pop quiz. Ryan, our most innocent friend. Wow. Our most. Um, uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say uh, naive, uh, but, but yet culturally, culture challenge subjects that I have difficulty, particularly pop culture. You are not, yeah, but you've come a long way. Yes, I've learned a lot. Yeah. Oh, through us, I mean, yeah, yes, we already... even today. Yeah. New vocabulary <laughs> added to the yeah. uh, Quiver yeah. yes. That one shocked him. Yeah. I was like, Golly, what? Yeah. yeah, the glory hole what? is something. Yeah. yeah anyway. I'm like, what? Moving on. I'm like, you would just... Ryan's I was just, just like, you got to be kidding and me. And Scotty's explaining it like he's a science teacher. Right. Explaining atoms and molecules, you know? And I was just yeah. like, people yeah. really do that? Mm. All right, so uh, it's five-question quiz, and, and Ryan, I think last time, got two... Out of uh, out of five, which yeah, is not bad, which, which is good. Which I'm is actually good. improving. There's which is usually good. I go zero for five. So right, two is an improvement. All right, uh, pop culture. I am going to uh, uh, who sang the song? Now, mind you, I got to I, I got to make it really easy. Right, uh, this is music. Right, uh, name the performer that sang the song. Billy Jean. Billy Jean. Paul McCartney. Oh no no no! Not Michael Jackson. Ah! Does that count? Does that count? Does that count? No, no, no! It does not count. Sorry, does not count. All right, next question. Go ahead, Scotty. Who performed at this year's halftime show? Oh, some guy named The Weeknd. Look at you! Very nice. Okay, so I had this this whole conversation about why they're named The Weeknd. And uh, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. The weekend. That doesn't surprise like me, Mr. Weekend. It didn't make sense to you. No, <laughs> Mr. Weekend. <laughs> like I, you know, is it Mr. Weekend or is it Mr. The Weekend? Uh, I wasn't even sure. Like, is the his first name and Weekend his last? These name? are the these are the things that you have to deal wow. with. Kelly Brown is in the hallway behind you. Do you have a question for the uh, pop quiz? He's he's one for two. Quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes. Whoa. And I only know because I watched the game. Yeah. He stunk. Laura, question wow. for Ryan Russman here on the Pop Quiz. He's two for three. And th- this one, I think you can get because you have kids. Okay. What kids book hero fights for truth, justice, and all that is pre-shrunk and cottony? Oh, I have no idea. Is it SpongeBob SquarePants? Oh, no. Yeah. The answer. I have no idea what the answer is. Oh my is. god, this is so easy. I have no Captain idea. Captain Underpants. Underpants. Oh, Captain. Oh, I know who Captain. I didn't even think about that. I have no idea who Captain Underpants is. Oh, he's very Kids funny. Kids book hero. Uh, are you ready for this one? Yeah. This is, so is this it? Uh, uh, this is the last one. Okay. I'm, I'm going deep for this one. Okay, I'm going way back. If okay. you've ever been with Crunchy, that's what he does. I go deep. Okay, okay. That's, that's what I do. It's my. <laughs> I'm known for it. Anyway, okay. uh, <laughs> this is an old movie. Okay. Yeah. Fill in the blank. You've done very well today. Yes. One flew over the blank nest. Oh, the cuckoo's nest. Look at you. Yes. yes. Unbelievable. You Ryan great. Rushman. That's the best you've ever done. That is. This is something else. Yeah. I have to buy a lottery ticket. No idea what a glory hole was, uh, but that wasn't That's part now. of the quiz. So. But I went deep today and I yep. got it. You did. What? Yes, you did. That's, not what I'm That's what you just did. I know. I know. I went deep. That's what I do. Well, I and did. You got it. No, I, I, got it. I got it. I got it. I love it. There it is. 
you cannot even make it up. That's uh, that's just uh, that's reality. All right, back to the back to the legal question. Yes. Okay. It's well within my lane. Very good. All yes. right. So, um, my wife is ten weeks pregnant. At what point should we get wills together? Should we wait until after the baby is born? Well, if you have an intention of giving to the child, then you want to have a child to give to. So if you don't have a child at the time that you draft your will, then there's nothing to bequest to anyone because they don't exist. Right. Upon their birth and their name, then it's the time to incorporate them into um, the the will. You can, in certain trust instruments, talk about issue that you may have, and I, I suppose you could have some language in a will that says you want to give to your issue certain right. things but you know you, you could do it at any time i i would just think that you want to name the individual but you could do it at any time. has there been or is there a way because the question is if somebody blatant we've talked about this blatantly disregards basic covid protocols has anybody been held liable can they be because I, I think they they can but proving it's a whole nother thing can anybody be held liable for transmitting this deadly virus to you others? you can try in fact what's interesting is on my ride in this morning is actually legislation in the new hampshire legislature now about limits of businesses having liability for mm-hmm. exposure to mm-hmm. COVID. so it is a concern amongst the business community what i can tell you is that you have to be able to prove it and that is the challenge with COVID cases is showing that there's some sort of relationship between the negligence was it gross negligence and did that negligence lead to the cause of action there is that nexus that needs to be drawn for a jury those are hard things to do i think someone's got to set the precedent it can't you know it i suppose it can be done i just don't yeah. know uh you know that there's been a case yet at this point okay uh, and there may be coming go ahead laura what do you got I currently rent a house that in my rental contract states I would have first right of refusal to this property. That being said, I just found out the property manager has purchased this home from the owner. Do I have any legal recourse as I wanted to buy the house if it became available? Again, it depends on the document that you have that gives you that right of first refusal and how it was executed and what the language is in there and whether or not there's a breach of that. So I would have to see more of the document's language to determine whether or not there was a breach of that. Uh, if there was, in fact, a contract in it, whether or not it was breached. If there is a official document signed by both parties, that's that would make it uh, It would more give than, you better standing. But if it's a handwritten note, like, you know, that it, kind of thing, it, it wouldn't may stand be, as up? It may not be as secure. And so that's a circumstance where the four corners of the document and how it was executed and what the language is and what in, when it was, those are all questions that I would want answers to before I had a definitive answer. For, I was, the, I was asking about how uh, far things get backed up in the court system. This question pertains to that. Uh, I have a case in a local court. I am acting pro se, which Scotty, as you yep. well know, means no lawyer. Yep. You know, doing their own I thing. Know. Am I yes. Right? Yes. I know. I know. Right. You I know me. Uh, so anyway, last schedule of the case was mediation in March of 2020. It was postponed due to COVID. The court has not sent any updates on how or when the case may proceed. I already have a request for admissions from the defendant. And where there is no major disagreements, should I file for summary judgment? Whereas it appears the court backlog will take upwards to a decade to thin out. Again, the procedural posture of the case is hard to answer over uh, the air like this in terms of whether or not the timing of a motion for judgment, summary judgment is appropriate. What I will tell you is that assuming that those uh, circumstances are, are, are in effect, 
and you were to file a motion for summary judgment, you are then creating an opportunity for the other side to file a motion to dismiss or to object to the motion of summary judgment, which will create another hearing opportunity for the defense in that case to raise and therefore puts you again further in the queue in terms of getting this matter heard. I don't necessarily think that a motion for summary judgment um, you know, is not going, to, it's going to move the case any faster. In fact, it may not because, again, like I just said, you may have to have, you will have to have another hearing and an opportunity for the other side to respond. Unfortunately, these processes take time, and I, you know, unless there's a procedural issue that I'm not aware of, I don't know that that's going to expedite an answer to your case. He further says uh, everything but the courts can open. Who gets to say the courts remain closed? What statute gives the court authority to remain closed? Well, again, you know, there's emergency circumstances that yeah. the governor's talked about, and so they give us broad latitude to respond to these pandemics. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with you that there's an incredible amount of frustration out there, but as a litigant, you want people focused on what's being litigated and not worrying about you know, if the person sitting next to you is not well. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Laura. Uh, we have a local time share and unfortunately fell behind on the payments and wound up in small claims court. We agreed on a payment plan with their lawyers. We are current on all those payments. Recently, we went to refinance our home and found out they, that the timeshare company put a lien on our home. Is it legal since we are making the scheduled payments to the lawyers? Again, without more facts, it's hard to know whether or not it's proper. These institutions have the, a, the ability to file attachments on property if there's debts that are being owed. It's a, to secure that debt so that if you don't pay, that they're able to possess the property as uh, as the payment. So, uh, again, I need more procedural information to know whether or not it was a proper attachment. A daughter lives in a HUD apartment in New Hampshire. There's supposed to be no smoking in HUD apartments, as is stated in the lease. A number of neighbors next to uh, her smoke, and the smoke spreads into her apartment, making her ill. She's complained to property management, but the only response was a request for them to stop emailing and call with the complaint. Of course, they don't answer the phone and don't return phone calls unless it's an emergency. Does she have any recourse? She's trying to find another place to live uh, where this isn't the problem. So RSA 540A, which is the landlord-tenant statute, is a great resource for people to look at. It's written in a way for... You know, lay people, those that have not gone to law school, to understand the rights and obligations of both tenants and landlords. What I will tell you is that there's something out there called constructive eviction, and if you were to withhold rent and then request that there be a, a, uh, a reduction in the rents until this matter is rectified, there might be that possibility. But again, it's a very fact-determinative circumstance. You would have to follow the statute in order to withhold that rent, and I would tell you that if you do withhold rent, that you would have to, I would suggest that you put it into a separate account because at some point it may be owed. You're only withholding it so that there is a remedy of the situation that you're complaining of. But again, it has to fit within the RSA 540A in terms of your obligations as a tenant and the obligations of a landlord. I just got an email from my company that they're going to be adding a tracking program to our virtual desktop. They claim it's going to help the company gather information on what programs are being used the most so they can update them. That's a bunch of BS. They're wondering if we're actually working. The president has come out and said he doesn't really trust us from work at working from home in the past. My question is, is it legal for a company to track their employees or because they were transparent to the company that they are doing this uh, and an employee can't use them? So there are limits on what companies can do in terms of tracking their employees. I can't speak to specifically how far a company can go in terms of tracking your information, but companies do have the right to mm-hmm. ensure that their employees are being productive and doing the jobs that they're doing. 
Um, I can certainly speak to this individual after the show and perhaps put them in touch with an employment lawyer that could give them more specific information about how far those companies can go. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that companies do have uh, an ability to, to track. The question is how far into that uh, rabbit hole we want to go is something that is there are limits on that. Somebody well, I, I mean, it's here a while ago. They uh, will not allow us to go to adult websites anymore. Do we have any type of case uh, that Scotty does it for research for the show? Yes, we I mean, interview clearly. a uh, a we we, we, we interview a gentleman named Mr. Skin every other Thursday on the show, and he talks about like the hot nudity, uh, what's in, in you know in TV and you, stuff like that. Ryan All knows. The, Ryan yeah, knows. Uh, I don't know Skin, why I'm explaining on. it to you, but <laughs> they not they do not allow us to go to these websites anymore on the work computer. So is there something that I can do because I feel like I'm not doing my job? They're uh, preventing Scott I, from doing the job. There's so much to say in that. Um, so I can't answer that question. I would think that if it interferes with your ability to do your job, that your employers would have some difficulty with that. So perhaps apprising them there, that you're not able to do your job because you can't look at this adult website. There may be, okay, uh, maybe there's a history of viruses that maybe end up on someone's computer, and maybe there's been problems in the past. I'm just saying maybe. I'm oh. not saying specifically. Yeah, but so there was, it's, it's like, kind of like a prophylactic measure to ensure that there isn't further. Almost. You uh, want right? to make sure he's safe computing. Absolutely. Safe computing. Laura, you got one? Smart. Yep, I'm a subcontractor on a job where the homeowner has a pretty vicious dog. If I get bit, I know I can sue the homeowner, but can I also sue the general contractor I'm working for? The answer is it depends. And if they were aware of the condition and they invited you onto the property and they didn't uh, provide for certain um, uh, protections for you, there may be a, an area of liability. Again, I'd want to know more about the facts of that circumstance to see what the relationship was between the property owner and the dog and the property owner and the contractor and the property uh, and the contractor and you in terms of access to the property and letting you know that there might be a dangerous condition on the property. Um, that's certainly something that would be worth exploring. All right. Uh, let's take, take a step back from that. Let's, let's talk about people that go into other people's homes for a living or businesses. And that's their job. Their job is to go into the homes, whether it's cable, whether you name it. Pick the business. They go into your home, whatever. Sure. They, the, the, the person that is on the call goes to the house, and there's a COVID risk. And, 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 and can an employer force them to still go in there and, and do it if there's a COVID risk? There's it, it always going to be circumstances of risk in these types of, of jobs where you're going into the home. And so if the employer doesn't provide the proper uh, proper protective equipment, the PPE that's out mm -hmm, there, mm -hmm. to, to allow that to take place so that they're in some level of protection, there might be a question about whether or not the company failed to act in a way to protect their employees. So, again, this goes to the issue of liability of businesses um, and how they would uh, provide protection for their employees. So there might be an action there. There might be. Okay. All right. There you go. Um, if somebody takes something of yours, they're, they're going to go out. Let's say you have a, a snowmobile, right? Let's just say this. you got a snowmobile. You're going to sell it on eBay. Guy comes over to your house. He test drives the snowmobile mm -mm. and wrecks it, right? He's, is he liable for, 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 for wrecking the snowmobile? Well, it depends on the circumstances. If he, if he had his own insurance, if the, if the snowmobile had insurance on, if you had ins Wait insurance. Wait a minute. Why does whether or not he had insurance make him – he's either liable for the, for the damage or he's not. He, he may be liable for the damages. And so your insurance company would pay, and if they could seek a subrogation against his insurance company, there might be mm -hmm. that opportunity for there to be a subrogation claim against the person that ruined the snowmobile. Okay. All right. Uh, is, that, is, that, is that the same thing as if I go? Greg owns a car dealership, and I want to go test drive something. I get in the car, I drive out. Somebody, uh, you know, all of a sudden, bang! 
So th- that's a great that's a great point. And so what I've seen in these circumstances is they oftentimes have you sign documents that say that if anything happens to the car, that your insurance company would be the primary in that instance. And so it's a lot of fine print, and you want to get in the car and drive away. But if you don't read those documents, you may not understand what your liability is in terms of your own insurance if there's something that happens to the vehicle on the test drive. Gotcha. My daughter gave her two weeks' notice. The owner of the spa said it's not busy enough, collected keys, and essentially let her go and not work out the two weeks' notice. Can she file unemployment? I mean, unfortunately, I can't answer that question. I, I don't do employment law, but if they want to email me after the show, I'm happy I'll forward to. you the email. Yeah, that's forward, something I can I'll forward you the email. Do for that. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm a plowing contractor. Can she do news? I, I'm a plowing contractor. I plow private roads that have several individuals that live on it. All parties have signed an agreement, but one individual has not paid. Is there a statute of limitations on this, or can I wait till the end of the season to entertain small claims court? There, There is a statute of limitations on it, but I would certainly be proactive in terms of bringing it to the attention. If there's a homeowner's association that you're actually operating with and it's not the individual people on the street, you would certainly want to let the leadership of the homeowner's association know as well as sending the individual who hasn't paid at those individual agreements because you want to document that you've made good faith efforts to make collection on the money. And in that circumstance, you know, at the end of a snow season, you're not going to necessarily miss a statute of limitations if it's only a matter of a few months. But again, the circumstances, having the conversation to avoid litigation. You do some roadkill justice is what you do. You, you dump the snow all, right yeah, in front of all the, the snow yep. so they can't and get then out. You, you pour cold water on it. Yeah, it's that's it. It's an interesting circumstance. This actually happened in a neighborhood very close to me when I was living in Newcastle where one of the property owners on the street did not want to uh, pay for the snow removal, but the problem is that their house is in the, you know, close to the middle of the road, and unfortunately they plowed. You can't just plow right. and then pick up the plow, and then yeah. you've right. got to plow the whole road. So you know these agreements are important to have. Oh, there's ways to do it, the, Ryan. Oh. Well, and there may be, but I think there's, the, these are agreements that you want to make with everyone, and if you're going to be in a circumstance like that, having conversations early on with neighborhoods uh, as they're being planned. Developers need to do this so those proper associations will avoid these kinds of contacts. Yeah, you dump some snow in their yeah, yard, and then the you, you hit that thing now. with a hose at night, and yeah. make it nice and icy. Just no, the front stairs. Don't, no, don't have, oh, to, yeah. don't have to ice it down. Just punch the snow right there in front of the driveway, get the message, yep. you know, and put an envelope on the top of it. Payment due. That's all. Yeah, you can of paint the on rope. Yeah, yeah. Message, yeah. That's yep. no good. Absolutely. That's no good. Don't it, do that. It should be. It should be good. It's That's no what good. it should be. Uh, Laura, go ahead. We just got time for a couple quick ones here. Go ahead, Laura. After you cease paying child support, can you demand reimbursement of 50% of the medical and dental expenses? It depends on what your divorce decree says. If there's a, to be a distribution of the, those expenses, you know, there's a, something called a doctrine of latches. If you sit on your hands and you don't request those payments up front, you may have missed that opportunity. So, again, the facts and circumstances uh, would, would dictate whether or not you'd be able to collect, but the divorce decree should set out how those obligations are to be paid. All right, last one. I'd like to know if an employer installed driver-facing camera in a company vehicle are legal. I can't answer that question on air because I don't do employment law. So, okay. But if, I would assume that there's some questions about you being on notice of that and being aware of it. So those are certainly things I'd want to know. Yeah, that's uh, hit, we hit a bunch of those today. We did, we yeah. A bunch no, of those all over. There's going to be days where you, you know those, that happens. Go ahead. You got one more, Laura? Go ahead. What is it? Oh, my, yeah, mine's another child support one. Um, if somebody owes child support and they're not getting stimulus checks because of this, does the stimulus check go towards the people or towards a bank account to get the money back out of to pay for their child support? That's a very confusing question. Perhaps you could send it to me after the well, show, and I'm happy to answer. But yeah. typically, stimulus checks. Well, wait, you know what I mean? Like they hold stimulus checks if they owe back. 
money. Yeah, so, so they're it, trying it, to figure it, out how they get that. If there's a garnishment of wages, if there is some sort of uh, of help hold on their income, that might be a possibility and certainly something we can look into for you. Mm, okay. Forward on the email. Forward on the email. You can always email Ryan directly. Ryan at RussmanLaw.com. Uh, it's uh, 823 Tuesday morning. Well, nicely done, Counselor. Thank you very much. And I Good appreciate the uh, zoot suit uh, pants you got going on there, the pinstripes. Oh, you had that. This is my gangsta. Yeah, I, like I can tell. It's, Don't it's tread double, on me. Double breast. I should wear the whole thing. Keep on trucking. You know, Keep on trucking. Like Absolutely. Like my cousin Vinny out. There you Kelly go. Brown's big into double breast. Let me tell you something. I just watched that movie last night. <laughs> Great film. I, unbelievably uh, funny. How do you like Un- the grits? Unbe- <laughs> unbelievably funny. You forget. How funny my cousin Vinny is. It's all about the pause attraction, man. Y- yes, it is. Right? Yes, it you is. Know. All right, Kelsey. Good to see you. Great to see you. Ryan Rusman, everybody. All right, quick break. Kelly has news and sports coming up right after this. Stay back. In a moment. It's Greg in the morning buzz.